Hey, a present good day, everybody. This is True Philadelphian Sportscast, Fresh Sports Report, the first edition of our overall sports call with me and Andrew. I am, of course, then here with my co-host, Andrew. How you doing on this fine weekend, Andrew? I'm doing well, very well, thank you, Joe. Um, first day back uh, into a real, real mass, rather watching it online, so that was, that was fun to get back into that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, my new... My new skill I'm going to be trying to learn is learning Photoshop a little bit, so uh, it's going to be an interesting challenge, but that is the uh, next few weeks summer goal. Yeah, and that's also a good thing for uh, us here at the podcast, because Andrew, well, it could be a good thing. Um, cause, <laughs> don't don't uh, speak too soon. Because <laughs> uh, Andrew's going to uh, try to make his first project, um, making our logo, which has also since now I'm graduated, motivated me to finally stop being lazy and make our website a little bit. So, you know, I might get on that a little bit, too. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Sounds good. So we'll, we'll have those things coming to actually look a little more presentable. And even though I'm not the biggest fan other than group messaging and um, the groups and uh, talking with all the great fans in the groups of Facebook, I might make us a Facebook just because you tend to get more share that way, but uh, that's something that people can look out for, but, you know, Facebook. Um, but anyway, on this edition, we this is our overall sports talk, so we figured we would go more positive moving forward, so we're going to start off talking about baseball uh, due to the fact that obviously the pesky MLB is not in a good footing where I think someone that explained it absolutely terrific is someone you also enjoy listening to, is Tyrone Johnson from the Philly area. For for people that don't know that might listen, he's a guy that's on 97.5, but he explained it really well in the terms of money with a million and then trillion and then billion seconds because he put in billion due to or trillion excuse me just due to the fact that someone asked because Jeff Bezos is about to be the first trillionaire but the point is a million seconds is 11 and some change days a billion seconds is um what's it called 31 like over like 31 years and then a trillion seconds is over 31,000 years. So basically, Jeff Bezos can turn himself into a robot and live for thousands of years. And he's still going to have the money to do it if he makes no more money from here on forward. Not to mention he went through a divorce and still has that much money somehow. Um, but that's not important. But the point is, they're basically saying that's how much separation the owners to players have. And that's why, to my point, it's still mostly on the owners... And the other thing I read from the Washington Post um, that was really big to me was when you looked at the equating scale, it was almost the same, they said, between um, when you looked at the prorated salary for 50 games compared to if you did the sliding scale for 82 because of the math you do because the sliding scales for 82, if you do prorated for only that many less games, the numbers are actually really close. So basically, 
the MLB, like a lot of people have been accusing them for, and I completely believe too, is trying to make think that their players are stupid. It's like, oh, well, if we play with these numbers, maybe they won't notice that they're almost exactly equal. It's just we're presenting a different language. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's a huge issue. It's a huge issue in the league, and it's... I know everyone's quick to blame the owners and everything, and that second proposal was absolutely horrendous, but I, I think it is on both of them. It's, we're in weird times. It, it's not a normal 2020. It's not a situation where it's going to come easy. It's going to take both sides to get this done. And they're, they're so far off. And like you mentioned, they're, they're playing numbers. They're acting like they're the smartest ones in the world. And they're going to make it sound like the fans and the uh, players are stupid. And that's what they're trying to get by. And this last, or the last one proposed by the owners, so the one before the MLBPA proposed theirs, it, it was a shot at the players. I mean, that was, it was ridiculous. The the numbers that that was that was saying, and like you said, Tyrone did a good job, and he pulled everything down to minutes and seconds. But what gets me the most about this whole thing is, um, I believe it's a, I believe uh, it's a picture you might have sent me. I don't remember who who sent it to me or whatnot. But you, you compare the numbers of what that proposal was, the latest proposal, to the prorated, as you were just mentioning. And you have a guy making $35 million. Well, they originally agreed to make 17 and a half this year. And the latest one was $7 million. Mm-hmm. So that but is the 25. Is, what? Uh, I just, is, yeah, I just wanted to say the difference is that was prorated if they did 82 games. Since it's in 50 games, that's why it's closer to equating to the uh, salary scale the sliding scale number because prorated in 50 games is obviously significantly less than 82. That's yes. the issue. Yeah. So you're asking a player who already, that $35 million player who was already um, taking a 44 or 45% pay cut, he would now be taking a 78% pay cut. Mm-hmm. So on top of that 45%, he is now adding thirty more percent to that, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's However, playing more than the reason him. why I say it's on both, you do have to consider both sides. Are owners uh, richer than the players? Yes, they are. Are the players going to be going out and and they're the ones that are going to be risking their life? Yes, or risking whatever, like the health concerns. Yes, the players are. However, you do have to remember. Some of these owners are not as rich as you might think. And these owners are going to be losing a lot of money as well. And some of them are going to be forced to sell the team. That's what's going to come down to. They're going to lose so much money from the season that they're going to have to sell the team and they're going to lose their team. And yeah, they still have money, but that's not as fun as owning a team and being at the ballpark every day and being able to control the team. So... There is a side, there is both ways where both parties have to get this done. The problem is both sides are too stubborn. They're, they're too uptight about their own stuff, and they're not willing to work together. They're working against each other, not together. And that's where n- neither side is going to, right now wants to budge, but both sides are going to have to budge. You're, you're not going to come to a, a 100% 
happiness from either side. So you both got to come together and you're going to have to work together. I, I agree with that, but my issue is um, you talk about like cause, um, like how everything works. People talk about you have a cause and then an effect where the MLB is the side that made the first horrific offer that you knew the association would turn down. Where at first it was like, okay, we don't know where the other, where then when the MLB made the first offer, you're like, oh, they're not going to go for this. What the hell is this crap? Um, where then the union responded with a slap in the face to the owners, where I think it's a cause and an effect thing, where the cause was the MLB's offer, not the union's offer. That's why I would blame it more on the owners from the get-go, because they're the ones that kind of made a rift from the beginning. That's kind of what I was looking at as well, and they haven't done much since especially some of these owners that have obviously made themselves look horrific um, with cutting stuff a lot earlier than others. Um, some owners have not made themselves look that good since. So um, that's the other side of it. It's not like the MLB ownership is helping themselves out while they're also not getting the league back on. Because our owner, even though the Phillies had to do some cuts, uh, you sent that article, that was more for some more logistical uh, reason, but they're just doing pay cuts. They didn't actually cut your job. Where other owners, there's been organizations that have not looked that good. So that um, combined with uh, them not being able to come to a deal for this um, just looks really bad for the league. No, and I agree, but my point is, so every every single game that is played in the MLB season, every, sing, every single game, from game one mm-hmm. to game fifty to game eighty two, whatever the amount they, they might agree on, every single game that is played, the owners and the organization lose money. Yeah, no, I think every they said there's single only game. four teams. So that, that is why money. they don't want one hundred fourteen yeah. games because they play one hundred fourteen games, they're going to lose a ton of money. Oh, you don't need one hundred fourteen games. I'm not talking about one hundred fourteen games. I'm not but, saying you are. I'm just saying. But that, but I'm, that I'm wasn't the that. original offer. The original offer was a bad offer by the league, of then which the players union went back with. Well, if you're going to offer us something, we consider kind of a slap in our face. Well, two can play at that game, so here's a, a slap in your face. That's kind of how I perceive that. With some good ideas included, because they had a. Uh, some of the stuff about the different alignments of the... Like, they still had different stuff in there that they might use, but they're not going to play 114 games. So. You would, yeah, have, you would have to figure out a way to make money for the league for them to play 114 games. But 82, it still makes no sense with the paying scale you're going at because the other number... You're getting paid... Even at 50 games, you're getting paid... For still less than that percentage of games, what your money would equate to, like, you're, like you're, if you're playing eighty-two, you're getting paid for like twenty percent of the games. If you go down to fifty games, well, that's not half of eighty-two, obviously. So you're still getting paid for a little bit less of the percentage of games you're playing, even at that point. Um, that that's why it just doesn't look. Uh, that good for the league because you never want to whenever you pay somebody a lesser percentage of for something of what they're doing that never looks good 
especially when it's significantly less. It's not like it's if you play 82 games, it's like, oh, this person is getting paid 10 to 15% less. No, some people are getting paid like 20% of their salary um, for a, the, a half of a season. So that, that's not really a good thing. Yeah. Where's the thing? I'm I'm past whosoever fault it is. Because, again, there's blame on both sides, yes. Majority of the blame goes to the owners, but there's blame on both sides. I think a majority of the blame the, might not the, even go to either of them. A majority of the blame might also go to the top. Because you see, I don't think every ownership in every league was peaches and gumdrops. Like, I don't think when the NHL and NBA, and we'll get to them later, but came together, everybody was like, Eureka, I get along with you, I love you, yeah, I would bro-hug you if it wasn't the virus going on now. Like, I don't think that's the opinion of every other ownership of every other league other than baseball. So, like, those commissioners had to also do something to help it come together where Rob Manfred has seemed more like a divisive force in all this rather than a uniter. That's been another issue. It's not like he's done anything to help anyone come together and uh, help the rift at all. Yeah, well, so what I was trying to say is outside of what this, these two sides are, you have a selfish commissioner that only cares about what he wants and that is a huge issue you have in the sport, and that's why both sides are, are, are slowly, really starting to divide. And honestly, I think you have owners against players, players against owners, and I think they're both against the commissioner because of the absurd, ridiculous rules he puts in. And now he's doing nothing to help the situation. And it's at the point where, you know what? B- baseball's in jeopardy of really taking a hit. Yeah. You, you have an upcoming sport. I mean... I know it's been around a while, but in terms of ratings, the NHL has been on the rise the last few years, while the MLB has continued oh, to take. Oh, Max Kellerman. While the MLB continues to take. While the MLB continues to take a hit each season, and it's, the other thing is, while you have the MLB attendance fluctuating, the minor league. Yearly attendance was on a huge rise, actually. I so, know, yeah, I saw in that. In terms too. of baseball itself, whether it's on a decline is not really the case. It's MLB attendance, and you had minor league games getting starting to get more attention. And overall, the sport, honestly, is that the sport was on decline. It was at MLB game attendance because even if you look at TV yeah. ratings, they're not dropping that much. So the real issue here is Rob Manfred, I think kind of got offended a little bit that the minor leagues were taking away some of the attendance. So what does he do? He's going to kick out minor league teams in the future? That's absurd. Like, your minor league your minor league system has actually been helping the sport, and you're, you're kicking out teams? Mm-hmm. How does it make any sense? Well, the other and, side is, um, not to cut you off, but like Rob said, those are in some small towns. Those teams you're getting rid of in uh, the other podcast we do, uh, Chasing the Pennant, where... Those towns are in towns where some people don't have a lot of money. They only reference baseball by going to those games because they don't really go to major league games. You're taking away a big part of their connection to the sport where they might not really care about it down the line if you take away those teams. Exactly. It's not even that they don't have as much money because they're in a little town. It's it's the fact that that's <clears throat> the only sport they can go watch. Yeah, and then that's what they're close like. There's, to there's no NBA. The like, take take it. Oh, oh, I mean, I'll go local here because this is where I am. I know they have the Thunder, but that's not the point here. Uh, let's take Oklahoma City. 
I mean, I, I think their their team's going to survive. They're big enough, I think. But I would hope you, you take you take Oklahoma City for example. Yeah, you have the Thunder, but you have no major league, no other major league sport here besides the Thunder. Uh, and then you got obviously big colleges in Tulsa University, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma. But they they have two. Actually, oh, state of Oklahoma has two uh, minor league baseball teams. So actually, we'll see, it'll be interesting to see if they both survive. In Oklahoma City, you have the. Actually, they're both I think, affiliated with the Dodgers. We have uh, Oklahoma City Dodgers, which yeah, is their triple. Yeah. What was it? No, I knew them because the Dodgers prospect pool is ridiculous, so they talk about that team yearly. But yeah, so, so you have Oklahoma City Dodgers, which very nice stadium. Uh, if you ever find yourself in Oklahoma City and there's a game going on, definitely uh, check it out. Um, and then you have the Tulsa Drillers, which. Uh, was is also I think that's their double A team if I remember. Yeah, correctly. I don't think they're so, get rid of either of those just because that's double and triple. I think the only rumored teams to get rid of were single A teams. So. Okay, I heard it could be anywhere. Oh, did you? I thought um, I thought it was only going to be lower bowl, but but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, maybe a new update came out that I didn't see. But anyway, my point being is, say one of these were a single A team. Um, this, this is the city's only baseball team. Like this is the only thing mm-hmm. they have. In terms of baseball, the and you're going to kick that team out. You're going to get rid of that team. You're going to lose. I mean, I know minor league stadiums aren't that big, so I don't. I don't know what the average one seats. Uh, let's see, Tulsa State, the Tulsa Drillers seat seven thousand, a little over seven thousand eight hundred. So I mean, I mean, you're not going to sell it every game, but say you get seven thousand people every night. Seven thousand people now aren't going to care about baseball, possibly. If you kick out that sport, because mm-hmm. they're not going to have a game to go watch. Oh, I agree with that. And another and, thing is uh, where Penn State Altoona is. Um, they have the Altoona Curve, the Pirates team up there. And if it's throughout and not just single A, like I thought it was, which you might be right because I read that a while ago where an updated thing might have said it was throughout. Um, that's their double A affiliate in Altoona, and that's where most people reference baseball when it comes to Altoona because unless if you want to drive to Pittsburgh to go to the Pirates game, um, you're mostly going to be going to their games. So. Yeah, no, exactly. And I know I kind of went on a rant on Rob Manfred, but it just he, it's the stuff that ties into where the league's at right now, and I feel like that's part of the issue on why they can't come to an agreement is because how divided – he is with the sport itself and it really creates i mean it creates a division here and like like you just said i don't know maybe like five minutes ago now in other sports where the owners were kind of divided a little bit the commissioner stepped up to find a way to fix it while this this commissioner right here in baseball isn't stepping up (laughs) he's sitting back watching it happen i mean has he spoke more than once during this whole thing I think I heard him talk maybe once out of this entire. I think it's what like eighty. Yeah, he hasn't been that public. Now? Where Gary Bettman's been on Zoom calls, uh, doing a lot of different things. Same goes with I almost called him David Stern for a second. Jesus. Uh, same goes with Adam Silver, uh, who's been more vocal with the players and like around and present. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say Rob Manfred seemed the least present of all of them. Yeah, I would definitely so, agree with that. I mean, if anyone MLB-related is listening, which I know is probably not the case, it's time to call out. Where, where is the commissioner? Where, where is his help in this? Like, it's, it's time for it to get fixed, and it's time for it to happen. Because, again, but going back to my point before, before I kind of got off track here, you're now going to compete. You look – if there's no 2020 season, 
you're going to be looking at, obviously the MLB has already passed the MLB, but instead of the MLB taking over the summer months of July to August usually, or into September, you're going to have NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. Mm-hmm. So obviously, again, the NBA has already passed the MLB, so we're going to throw the NBA out the window. Well, first of all, but like Mike Milbury said, that, you can ask Charles Barkley about the NHL playoffs when he responded to Max Kellerman, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, I heard about that. I honestly completely forgot to look it up. I'll have to do that. Um, I heard it's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, you, you again, you have a sport on the rise almost, and now you're going to have, obviously, I mean, we and you watch the it's NHL. It's also one of the highest-rated postseasons. Uh, the NHL well, postseason is like, kind of what hockey is known for. Yeah, yeah it's about what I was gonna, about to go to. Yeah. Obviously, me and you watch the NHL regular season. But a lot of fans wait until the playoffs because they hear how high the Stanley Cup playoffs are, how good it is every year, how competitive it is every year. But usually, on top of that, when it's going on, you're comp- they're competing with other sports. Mm-hmm. Right now, baseball's not even going to be in the picture. So everyone, everyone is, or not everyone, because obviously the NBA will be competing too, because well, no, they usually do a good job of not playing on the same day. So everyone will have their attention to the NHL yeah. playoffs. And also and the NBA once they first see this, round. Once they see this really good competitive hockey, mm. it's going to draw them to that sport. And yeah. now you're going to have even bigger competition with baseball, and it's going to pass it again. I would just say, me- I agree with that, and that's why the ratings could be higher, because the NBA first round, too, the NHL most years outscores the NBA first round, because in most years... The first round matchups, you almost know who's going to win, other than like uh, a few of the like four, maybe two, three, four game. Where NHL, the first round, you see upsets all the time. With basketball, you haven't seen that many upsets in recent years. So uh, they usually outdo them in the first round. And obviously, that'll help their overall ratings. And then the fact they're coming back just for the postseason, that's one of the highest rated things overall. Um, that's really going to hurt the MLB, too, because fans get to see it in its peak time, the NHL, and then it's going to go away for a little bit and then come back for next season. So if you didn't have the worst-case scenario and didn't have baseball at all this year, hockey's really going to be sitting pretty because people got to see the best part of the year, and then they might want to actually start paying attention more to the regular season, especially because they have one less sport to follow. So. Yeah, and then on top of that, you're looking at a potential, and I guess it might be too soon. And other people could get into basketball, lo- too. We also can't. What was that? I was going to say, we can't exclude the fact that people that are into hockey more like myself might get more into basketball over the time of when uh, b- baseball's going. Yeah, like I said, we're throwing NBA out because that's already past the MLB. Mm-hmm. So that's already, MLB's already trying to play catch up on that. But on top of that, you're you're sit, sitting in a situation where these sides are so divided. I'm honestly not only I, I don't think baseball's happening in 2020. I hate to be pessimistic in this situation, but there's just there's no reason to believe that it's happening at this point with how far off they've been. And I mean, this last proposal from the MLBPA, the, the owners or commissioner, whoever it is, didn't even counter it. So they're at a. I mean, Ken Rosenthal uses the perfect words. Go check out his article on the Athletic if if you subscribe. But he used the term deadlock. They're at a deadlock right now. Neither side is ready to move on. Now they, they neither side seems to be in a rush. And you know what? I'm gonna call out the owners in this situation too. Whoever the owners were that came out and said we're fine with not playing a season, 
really? You're you're okay with not playing your sport this year? <laughs> like that's ridiculous. And then on top of that, if there's no 2020 season, which again I think is going to be what's going to happen, you're going to be sitting in a possible strike in 2021 because the CBA is up and if. The negotiations are going to be anything like right now. It is. I don't see the optimism in seeing a deal get done for that anytime soon. And you had veterans predicting that for years because it was a year or two ago. I can't remember when Rainwright said it, but when he was on an interview with MLB, he's like, "Oh yeah, when the CBA comes up, I cannot." Uh, I'm paraphrasing obviously because this interview is from a while ago, but I cannot see us coming to an agreement. And and this was like a year or so back. This wasn't even recent. So a lot of people in the league, I don't think, expected there to be much success coming to an agreement beforehand. And now with the added tension, obviously there's not going to be success or you're going to have to have something change in quick time for there to be success in coming to an agreement in the future. And... <clears throat> I got. I'll, I'll give you two quotes real quick on this because when I was doing my research, I did find some current players, and actually, it looks like I was wrong. It looks like, I mean, you can correct me if it changed or something, but it looks like the CBA isn't up till after the twenty twenty one season, so that season should be fine. Oh, next year, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. That's what I've. All, oh, I didn't know you said it like that, my bad. I was gonna say, that's what always uh, confused me when people talk about it. People talk about it like. It's up after this year. It's actually up after next year. I think the rift is if the CBA's up after next year and we don't have this season, there could still be a strike, like you said. So if there's a shorter season before the CBA does expire because of a strike, that still looks absolutely horrendous. I think I think media is just doing... Other than MLB Network, some people have explained it pretty well in there. But otherwise, I think media is doing not as good of a job of explaining the fact that the CBA expires after next year. It's just, it's still going to look horrendous if we have a short season before the CBA expires because the players went on strike. Yeah, so 2019, this article is from 2019. There's two quotes real quick. Um, to your point about players speaking on it a while ago. Mm-hmm how concerned they are. And this is Philly's reliever, I guess former reliever, Pat Neshek. And he said, it's it's a nice simple quote. Uh, quotation starts, 100% will strike after the 2021 season. End quote. That, that's it. That was his quote when he was asked about it. So obviously if nothing changes, they're ready to do that. CC Sabathia. Um, quote, just with the way everything has been going, I think in the clubhouses, a lot of players are not being signed. Good players are not being signed. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I think I think that's where the players are at right now. Talk Meaning he's he's at where he thinks that the players are at a strike. And is what he's trying to say there when he says that's where the players are at. He's referring to the strike. So, again, two, I know older players that, I mean, aren't really pitching anymore, but the point is they see it and they're worried about it and they spoke about it in spring training of 2019 because this was when the Dallas Keuchel wasn't signed yet. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado took a while and I believe it was from 
let's see, it's twenty February twenty second. So yeah, that would be before Harper Machado too. So um, that's obviously where they're at. And I mean, obviously, hopefully something gets done. There's, but it, it's going to be interesting. And, and both sides are really, really. Uh, and let me know if you disagree with me. But both sides are really far off, and I don't think there's going to be a season this year. But um, hopefully, you can say something to. That is on the other side of that. Yeah, yeah, this will be the last thing, and then, like we thought, we'll probably have to make the Fresh Sports Report a two-part episode, like I hinted at potentially on Twitter, because we're at 30 minutes of talking about baseball. So, uh, this will probably have to go into two parts, but like I said, some people that I've reached out to said they would be okay with that, so appreciate you getting back to me. But that's not here nor there. Um, I'm still cautiously which I guess cautiously optimistic for me is not a great thing since I'm usually either optimistic or just not optimistic. So I don't know where that puts the situation, honestly. Um, But I would say I'm cautiously optimistic just because I feel like certain players want to play and eventually somebody's just kind of going to say, okay, we just have to do this, this, and this, and let's just get it done and we'll just suck it up for this year. Like, I think eventually... That might happen where you already seen some guys basically step up and call out the commissioner for kind of what we said earlier um, in action and not being as present and basically saying you got to do more like guys like Tim Anderson, of course. So um, there's other people, obviously Max Scherzer came at it hard, like he didn't even think there should have been any more talking after the uh, one horrendous deal the MLB submitted. So that's uh it it doesn't look amazing but just because they offer the 50 prorated maybe because they're offering the prorated they can get something to work but like i said that's not even that good of a deal for players um because they're basically getting the same they would get from an 82 with the uh salary thing because prorated for with the salary slide because prorated for 50 is significantly less than 82 so they're just trying to play with numbers at that point where maybe if you could get 70 games um with the prorated instead of 82 and the owners will just take 12 less games maybe the players will take that uh maybe 65 as well um i just think they're never going to take 50 so maybe something like that well, could be possible. Sorry to cut you off real quick, but then that's the other issue is that the, the owners are stubborn on 50 games while the players are stubborn on over 100 games. So that's nowhere even near each other. It's not even like... Well, I don't, uh, I, I don't know if... I, I don't agree with that, actually, because I don't think the players are stubborn over 100 games. I think the players, because they offer a horrendous they, salary they, they, scale... They've come out and said they want more games. They want off. as many games as possible. Um, they just offered what, they're just like, your deal to us with this sliding scale was a slap in the face, so we're going to offer a slap in the face deal. But They want as many games as possible, but I think they would be perfectly content with if you can get it 282 or as close to 82. 50 is never good, because like, in hockey, when hockey had 48 game seasons, hockey only has 82 games. So that's fine, because there's only 82 games. In baseball, if you play 48 or 50 games, you're supposed to have 162 games. 
that ain't even a deciding factor. There would have been teams, I remember Zach and I were looking at it, there would have been teams that were not one iota close to the postseason by the end of last season, like us, for example, that would have been one of the better teams in the postseason, but there would have been other teams that had no business being in the postseason um, that would that were good after about 48 games. That's why... That that's kind of it. Kind of just becomes a joke to the sport if you're playing that little of games too. I agree 100 percent with that. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a tough situation. We'll see how it gets worked out. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I just think the players have come out and said they want. I think they want to try to get to the hundred mark. I think eventually they might. They, I think they would probably be willing to cut down to 82 or something. But right now. See, I think I players would have been fine with 82 if we didn't have all this crap going on in the first place. If you had more of a... And they might, they might have been. But like, I don't... That th- mean, they kind of ripped apart the whole proposal. They didn't just take shots at the money thing. So it, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting setup. It really is. And, I mean, it, it's, it's like everything else. At some point, you need... You need a leader to step up, and that's what the commissioner is. He's supposed to be the leader, and so far he's absent. He's nowhere to be found. Yeah, and it's it's honestly, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be on him to honestly get something done. Because yeah. when you have two sides so far apart like this, like you said in the other sports, Adam Silver and and uh, Gary, Gary Bettman, yeah. they 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 step in and they helped out get it done. It's now it's Manfred's time to step in, get these two groups into the room and say, "Hey, look, we the sport needs us. I mean, the sport needs to come back. There's no no one's ever going to be happy with this. It's the way it is this year. We guys got it. Like you got to come out and, and and find some type of a a, a mutual halfway part or halfway mark. Well, I think the other thing that um, other commissioners are good at. Uh, Bettman and Silver are delegating a little bit because if you look at Gary Bettman, he usually it does a lot of stuff with Bill Daly. And then Adam Silver gives a lot of tasks to Mark Tatum where you don't... I can't even tell you the name of the MLB Deputy Commissioner, to be honest with you, because you don't hear about him. Like... Like, when's the last time you heard the MLB deputy commissioner's name? <laughs> That's true. Like, I don't think Adam Sil- or not Adam, so I don't think Rob Manfred gives him anything to do because, like, I'm looking him up, but because I, I don't even know who the heck it is. Um, and oh, Dan Halem, it looks like. Um, never even heard of the guy, to be honest with you. So. Like, maybe that guy should start getting more tasks so we can actually hear about him and see what he's... But, uh, like, that's what... I don't think that's good. I think Manfred leads more like someone that dictates over people in the league where in the NHL, in the end, in some aspects, Gary's going to get what he wants, and that's happened at different times. But at times when he's had to come together to get something done, other than a few CBAs, obviously, but... Uh, due to how well he's did in this offseason, he's gained popularity. Uh, people might even forget about some of those, especially people that weren't alive for the first, uh, like us. Um, so, the that's uh, 
thing that I think is a problem with baseball. They don't have, like you said, a leader. The biggest thing is a leader stepping up because you just need someone to lead in the end. And it's not like baseball has an owner. Like the NFL has some owners where they're almost de facto commissioners. Baseball doesn't have anybody like that. So that's a, that's not going to happen where another person also steps up and leads most likely. Um, but... That's and, and, and it's funny because I want to compare it to another sport that was facing something similar. Look at Major League Soccer; they they found a way to get it done. They were going to go on. They were, I think, they were hours or a day away from going on strike, and then eventually it was like, okay, guys, we're we're we need to get something done. Like, we're not the biggest sport. We're not going to be the biggest sport, but we need to get out there and play. I mean, fans are going to count on us. I, um, our own financial situations are going to count on us getting out there, and and what happened? But I think again, it was hours or a day maybe before the lockout was about to set. They got a deal done, and now they're getting ready. I forget when they're going to restart, but they're getting ready, and they're gonna they're gonna take off. And real quick, one last point about this: How about the state of Florida? Like, I mean, we'll we'll get into other sports, but um, the NBA is going to be playing there. Major, I mean, again, I know it's not the biggest sport, but still. Major League Soccer's uh, going to quarantine in there, and they're going to play all their games there. And hockey's still working on a destination, but there's a couple Florida teams definitely in the running to to get and yeah. host all those games. Could you imagine if all like I don't, all that's these- why I don't think hockey's going to get uh, Florida because I don't think that's going to be recommended by health officials at that point. If you have MLS, uh, the Disney World it, edition of I'm the not NBA. saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that'd be yeah. wild though, if like these three sports all got put there. Uh, yeah, that just to me that'd be funny. Yeah, I, I think if Canada clears its thing, and we'll get to this when we talk about hockey because we're going to go to NBA next. I think Edmonton's probably a leader because they provided a lifestyle package, and then Vegas um, also is up there as well. Um, but we'll get to we'll get to that later. But I think the next topic uh, we should go to that we might have to continue into part two of our. Um, first edition of the Fresh Sports Report, um, we is the NBA, and I was going to turn that over to you so you can explain that because there's a lot of nooks and crannies in their proposal and what got approved, but now they have to finalize everything with Disney, obviously. So you can go ahead and explain that, unless if you had a final point. I'm just trying to move it on since we've been talking for like 40 minutes about baseball already. <laughs> Yeah, I will definitely move it on. I just got a quick two-minute thing real quick. I wanted to clarify something we were talking about earlier. An article from uh, late November 2019. So, again, it might be updated, but this is the one I could find. And there, the high, there's no AAA teams in Jeopardy, but there's 42 teams reportedly that are up for a possible elimination from the MLB. And that there's only four double a teams and then there's four high class a teams there is six low class a and then a big handful of shortened season teams and then a lot of those rookie teams so the majority of them is what you said not to worry about for the higher ups but there is four double a teams that are possibly in jeopardy so i just wanted to clarify that okay that's interesting i wonder if there's four double a teams or have to do some research on that, and then if we find it, we'll bring it to you on the next podcast because, uh, you know, don't want to lose those four double-A teams because that's the upper league, too. That looks even worse. Don't want to lose one, any teams. One, one PA team, Erie Seawolves. That's one of the double-A teams? 
Yep. No, 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 no. I don't drive to see <laughs> them, but we ain't, we, ain't, we, ain't losing, we ain't losing a PA team. No, that ain't happening. No, 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 no. I don't but, care. I don't care that I don't. I don't. I don't drive to see them. I'm still gonna fight for them. I'll, I'll strap myself to that stadium if I have to. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's jump into the next sport. I guess I'll become that, a Tigers. Was it? Yeah. So I guess I have to become a Tigers fan as my second, as my third team in baseball now. Yeah, we'll have to go <laughs> spend a spend a weekend up there or something and, and watch a series. But there's no if they make it till next year. That just to support them. Support our PA uh, team. But go ahead. We'll start the NBA off in part one and then carry that into part two and then uh, shorten it up and get the NHL in. But uh, you're you're best at explaining the NBA stuff. So go ahead and explain that. Yeah, so it has been 85 days since the last... um, 85, about 86 days now since the last NBA game took place. And obviously it's been a... An up and down emotional season for Sixers and the fans, and finally, it, it looks like we will have uh, them Bay back soon in these next upcoming days. And it's there's a lot of information, as Joe mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, and it, it's it takes a lot to understand too, a little bit because there's a lot of different rules to it. First off, they are they have agreed that they're going to go down to. Uh, to Orlando, Florida, and watch or watch play at the Walt Disney World Complex um, in in Orlando, and that's where the rest of the season will take place. And when I say season, they will be playing a eight game regular season to fulfill. Well, first give teams the opportunity to maybe sneak into the final playoff spot, as well as fulfill the minimum. Uh, TV rights deal with some of these teams. That way they can get their TV uh, contracts fulfilled and handed out because uh, you need to reach a certain amount of games to get some of that uh, local TV right money. So that is w- one of the few or one of the reasons that they are going to f- uh, fulfill and play this season. So how it's going to shape up is they have invited 22 teams, and yes, invited because obviously with the health issues, teams. Teams or players will have the opportunity. I don't see any full teams saying no, but teams would have the opportunity if they did not want to partake because of health concerns. They would be allowed to not do that. But again, I don't see a, maybe a player here or there, but I don't see a full team. And there's so there's 22 teams, nine teams from the east, which would leave 13 teams from the west. And the the reason why it's so divided like that because when I first saw it, I did a question like, oh, why are they taking so many teams from the west? Well, the answer to that question is with eight games left, I don't know why they they never came out and said why, so I don't know why, but they picked the number six. And all teams that were within six games of the final playoff spot are allowed to compete in these last eight remaining regular season games. So you have the 16 teams that are currently in a playoff spot, and then the extra teams that include the Portland Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Sacramento Kings, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Phoenix Suns from the West, with the Grizzlies holding the eighth spot, while the Orlando Magic uh, hold the eighth spot in the East, and the one team, which it would probably take a miracle for them to get in because they're five and a half games back, so they'd basically have to win out, would be the Washington Wizards, and John Wall and the team has already come out and said 
they're not going to, he will not be playing. So they'd have to pull off a pretty good miracle without still their best player. Um, I don't, I don't know if you have anything on those 22 teams you want to say, or if you want me to let me continue for now, but uh, the other, so the other thing is these teams will compete in these eight games. And once it is settled, they will have a, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. I'm just taking it the way I interpret it from reading a bunch of different stuff. But once that's determined, they'll have the eight and nine spot, and they'll kind of play a, a playing game uh, for that final spot, which will be a, a quick three-game series, uh, obviously with the team winning two games. Is that, yeah, is that the way you interpret I don't it as think, well? I don't think it was. I interpreted from reading Woj's thing if the ninth-seeded team was not within four games, or I don't know if it was if you were at four games too, um, you had to win twice. Where um, if the eighth seed that, team, you're right, yes, where you're right. if the eighth seed team only had to win once in that case, so therefore that wouldn't really be a series. It would only be a series. It would only become a uh, best of three, I guess, if the. Um, Worse or lesser team won, but I don't. I don't because I guess it will become a best of three because then was doesn't go by win percentage. So I don't know how that would work. I guess what happens. Yeah, you're getting all these tiebreaker stuff. Yeah, and, and that's why I, I honestly, before I get into the rest of the details, we'll, we'll, this is an interesting spot. Um, so let's start with this. I don't know how. How do you feel about that? Because honestly, like, I, what's the point of the playing game? Like to me, you, you've already fought. However many games you fought this entire year, and then you get eight games. If we'll, we'll, we'll throw out the Portland Trailblazers because they're currently in the nine spot, they're three and a half games back. If they can't make up those three and a half games back, that's their fault. That they, they were that far back. Why should they have? Why like? Why would you have that team who say I don't know? Say they outplay them by a, a game. Let's say they cut it down to two games. Why should Portland? Why why is Portland playing Memphis for the eighth spot? Like Memphis won the eighth spot, fair fair already. To me, it's I don't think Portland's the reason. I still think the biggest reason is uh, as an outlying reason. It's not one of the main reasons, but for marketing, uh, the NBA wanted the best chance of getting Zion in, and they're tied at. Uh, um, well, they're almost even. Portland's ahead because I think they have the tiebreaker with one more win, but they're almost even in win percentage, so if the Pelicans do well in those eight games and Portland loses a couple, uh, they'll be competing for that spot with Memphis, and I think that's what the NBA is more hoping for. Yes, they want the grand old Zion to make the playoffs. No, I think, and you would have the John Morant and Zion um, battle for the play-in. I guess, but again, Pelicans couldn't win. Pelicans couldn't win before. That's their fault. That's their fault. They couldn't get to where Memphis. Oh, is I don't right agree now. with it. I'm just saying what I think they want. Yeah, because I, yeah. I, I read that article. I think it was the score came out with it that NBA is going to do what it can to get Zion into the playoffs, and that made me really mad. Like they're they're, they're not they're not a playoff team. <laughs> yes, Zion was a good is a good player. Yes, he he will be a good player. They're now they're twenty eight and thirty six right now. Who knows what they're gonna end up? But if 
when it's all said and done, if they win eight straight and Memphis and whoever else loses and they get in, then they deserve it. But if, if they if they are a game back, they don't deserve to play a, a playing game. Memphis won no. that spot outright. No, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think the uh, NBA, for some reason, looked at the NHL's thing and tried to pick too many things from it when they didn't have to. Like, it's like, oh, they're having a playing series. It's like, well, they're having a playing series because the seedings were really close where if Chicago won a couple games, they could have got back in the seedings where they kind of just had to put <clears throat> the other Eastern Conference team in there just by default because you can't have 23 teams in the damn postseason. So that's why they exactly. did that, where the NBA didn't have to do that. Like, there was no reason to do that. I, I agree with you. It's just an extra game or set of games if the lesser team uh, wins and they're below four games that you have to play and take more of a risk of uh, playing more games. Exactly. And you bring up a good point. It's 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 just more games for them. But, like, I guess if the team, if the said team that's in ninth somehow wins the, the two games that they need to do and they win, I mean, I guess... That might mean they're better. I don't know. I, but I don't think seems... they have to win two games if they're not with if they're within like a like a certain. Well, I thought you just said if, if the the ninth seed has to win two games. They do if they're without of. I read it as if they're out of a threshold. If they're within a threshold, like I read it as if you're without of four or more games. I don't know if it's if you're within four or more games. The ninth seed has to win two games. If you're within four or more games of the eighth seed, at that point it might just be a uh, a one game. Win. That's well, okay. It's, it's, it's a... Let me try to find it in the article where it explained that, because that's kind of how I um, took it. But go ahead with. No, that. yeah, it's not. Uh, according to this article on theathletic.com, written by uh, Danny the Rooks. I don't know if I said that right. I'm sorry if okay. I mispronounced it, but. He, he wrote in his article, and this is where I got it from, he said, instead of it being a single elimination like the NCAA tournament, whoever finishes ninth has to win two games in a row against the eight seed to make it in. Oh, whoa, whoa, so, here we go, here we go. No, I got that wrong, I'm sorry. It's if the ninth seed finishes the regular season within four games of the eighth, that's when they play the play-in. Yeah. If the ninth seed doesn't finish within four games, they don't even do a play-in. That's, and if they do do the plan, the ninth seed has to win two. Yeah, yeah, I, I confused yes. how the four game contingency worked. Yeah, that was my fault. So, so that's still so my, dumb though because it's still a four game gap. Oh, and that's my thing. Like, take let's take Washington for example. They're five and a half games back. Say say they get two games. Say they I don't know, they make up two games. They sit. Actually, yeah, they gave up from four, they have to make up two. So now they're sitting three and a half back. And somehow they go in the beat Orlando twice. Does, like, again, I guess they beat him twice, so they they showed something, I guess, to get in. But Orlando played this year. They, they went out, they did what they had to do, they they won their games more. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know, it, just, it just seems silly to Because even if Washington does beat him twice... Orlando still is going to have the better record. Mm-hmm. So that just seems silly to me to allow oh, yeah. Washington. The other thing is it's four actual games, though, where in hockey you go by points and you get two points per win. You don't get a point or two points per win in basketball. You go by wins. That's why four games is a lot different than 
if you're a four points behind a team in hockey, because that means you're only two games behind that team. That's a lot different. Where that's why I don't understand that whole four games thing. That doesn't make sense to me. You're still out four games. What made it be? Oh, you have to beat them twice to surpass them because it's not like if you beat them twice, if you're four games back, you would be even. No, I agree with you one hundred percent, and that's it's. Again, I think it's like you said. They're trying to get certain players in the playoffs, one. And two, it's more games for the NBA, more TV money to make up for some of the stuff they lost. So I think when it's all said and done, it's probably all about that. Um, I agree. Moving on real quick to certain other spots. Besides that eighth spot, as we mentioned, uh, the Grizzlies hold it right now by three and a half games over Portland, New Orleans, uh, Sacramento, San Antonio and Phoenix, or sorry, Trailblazers, Pelicans, Kings are all three and a half back of the Grizzlies. Spurs are four. The Suns are six. While the Orlando Magic hold a five and a half game lead over the Washington Wizards for that eighth spot. Other things to take into consideration for this really, the seeding matchups will be really interesting on the west western side of things. You currently have the Clippers in the two spot, and that two spot is only separated by a game and a half from the Nuggets, then three games from the Jazz, four from the Thunder and the Rockets, and then five and a half from the Mavericks. So theoretically, mathematically, there's five spots there that can get up to that two seed. Obviously, more likely just the Nuggets and Jazz being one and a half and three out. But the other side of that is, just take out the Clippers, we'll say they clinch the two spot. That's a lot of teams fighting for that three seed. So that, that's going to be some fun basketball to watch there, trying to get that three spot. But now that I'm talking about it, I guess there's really no advantage to being the three or the the uh, six seed this year outside of who you want to play because they're all going to be playing in Orlando. So, I mean, Denver's not accustomed to this stadium any more than Houston is. So... I mean, yeah, the only team that somewhat is accustomed to the stadium is the Magic, which they've used. It for I mean, the Bucks at times. The Bucks yeah. will handle yeah. the Magic fine, I, I would think. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I as so. interesting as going to be, I don't think Giannis the seating, is going to be like uh, uh, how, I, how the seating <laughs> falls out. Yeah. To me, at least, there's no competitive advantage unless you want to play matchups. Yeah. Which let's go to the East real quick before I let you get your point. Let's go to the East. This is where it becomes interesting. Because the South, the Bucks are pretty much one, the Raptors are pretty much two, and the Celtics are pretty much three. And then you get to the five or four through six. The Sixers are current, or the Heat are four, the Pacers are five, and the Sixers are six. The mm-hmm. Pacers and the Sixers are tied at both the thirty-nine and twenty-six, which is two games back of the Heat. So that four spots up for grabs. Again, not that the seeding really matters, but the matchup matters. For me personally, I, I think when it's all said and done, we could beat both teams. But me personally, I'd honestly rather stay at that sixth spot. I'd rather face the Celtics first round than face the Heat. Really? So, uh, for me personally, I'd rather go up against. I think we match up better with them. A Jimmy Butler te- team and, and the way they can play defense and the way they really kind of mix match just a little bit this year. I think we match up better with the Celtics. Again, I think we, when it's all said and done, we can pull that series out, all that series out. Um, 
I think personally, if it was to happen, I'd rather face the Pacers. But I'd be surprised if both of us can jump the Heat, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So out of those, the Heat, Pacers, Celtics, I'd rather Pacers, Celtics, Heat facing them in that, that order. I just would have a hard time believing that the Pacers and the Sixers jump the Heat, which is completely possible. Again, it's only two games. But I think the way the Heat were playing, I would say they'd probably at least stay within that 4-5 or five spot. So I, I don't know. We can get into Sixers talk on the next one or not, but I don't know who you'd rather face. But Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know because, I mean, the Celtics... I didn't like how it was a close series, but I just didn't like how in the gritty parts of the game we played in against them in the past. Uh, I don't, I don't mind the matchup now though, because uh, we defended Kemba better than we've defended. Granted, we haven't defended Kemba well in his career. We just defended him well this year. Um, yeah, that's that's so. something. I, I get it. Stevens and the Celtics played us better in the past history. But they, I think that was a completely different team than what we're going to be facing this year. I mean, that was yeah. That, I, I just mean, they think had Kyrie, I just think they Brad had might Orford. be a little bit better. Not that Kem is a good player, but he's adjusting not. on the fly. That's the other side of it. That's one of the it? things I accuse Brett Brown of not always being that great at doing. I don't think he's a bad at certain aspects of being a coach at all. I just think similar to when uh, Andy Reid was in his first uh, job. He wasn't. He was known as not being the best to adjust on the fly and managing um, the game clock and all that stuff. Some of those traits are with Brett Brown. Man. So, so. Yeah, again, so it's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, another thing to note, Sixers wise, which is gonna be interesting to see how this plays out outside of playoff talk. The Sixers first round pick potentially is going to be shaped up throughout these last eight games. Yeah, thunder. I, 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 don't, I don't know who all remembers that, but the Sixers don't have their own first-round pick this year as I believe we traded that in the Tobias Harris trade. Yeah, you're uh, correct. Yeah. So the Sixers have the Oklahoma City Thunders first-round pick from the uh, Grant trade a few years back. And it is top twenty protected. So, and the Thunder are already as long as they keep winning, we already would get that pick from how I read the article, right? If the Thunder stay where they are now, yes, we can mm-hmm. get that pick. However, if you see them, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it'll happen. I don't know everyone's schedule. <clears throat> I don't see which, them dipping. I didn't, actually, I didn't say that part yet about what the schedule is going to look like in those eight games, so I will get to that in a second. But yeah, we'll save for that whatever, for part two. For whatever reason, for whatever reason, say the Thunder go two and six, one and seven, something like that, and they drop down and stuff, and their pick is now outside or inside the top 20. The Sixers will not have a first round pick. Yeah, which is going to be really rough. But uh, that, that would be really rough. Yeah, it's, tw- it's twenty-one to thirty though. The Sixers will get that pick, yeah. so that is something else to look out for in the regular season outside of the Sixers yeah. playoff spot. Yeah, we're definitely all Thunder uh, fans in Philadelphia now too, and cheering on a uh, CP3. Like everyone cheered him on when he was on the Hornets back in the day when they were in New Orleans and everyone just loved watching him. But 
uh, we're coming up to the um, century mark of an hour or a, uh, for this, so we're going to move on to part two. So check out part two of our podcast, which you'll be able to listen to right after this. This has been the first edition of Fresh Sports Report. Andrew is AJ underscore Santangelo. I'm at JJ Boric 26, true underscore Philly. Sport is the podcast. Peace out, everybody.